There's been an awakening. Can you feel it? Worst is over. The monsters in my head are scared of love. So They've doubted us for 20 years. You've never heard of our players. We're just too young to win. This model doesn't bring trophies. Dallas! The 2016 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup winners. They have done it. FC Dallas have won the MLS Supporter Shield. Do we have your attention? In 2017, we defend together, attack with furious speed, and strike with authority. We sing it, we feel it, we live it deep in the heart. Welcome to FCD Talk, episode 24. This is Ben. This is Preston, and uh, we're also joined by... Jack Hazard today. He's a contributor contributor with me with uh, Big D Soccer. How you doing, Jack? Good. Thanks for having me on. Great, man. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Jack. All right. So we have a game coming up this Saturday. Also, we'll be talking about some news and notes from FC Dallas from this week. Also, we got uh, MLS news. Um, there are going to be some video reviews, so we'll talk about that. Uh, but let's uh, go ahead and get into this game preview. we got Montreal coming up on this Saturday. A game for Dallas to uh, to bounce back after the short break. we got a couple of people that are going to be gone from on international duty. Uh, so what's your thoughts on this game, kind of an overall review of the game, Preston? Uh, it should be a pretty interesting game. Obviously, we're down four starters, so that's going to affect us, uh, especially defensively. Uh, having someone like Ignacio Piatti uh, on their team is going to be uh, just a just a big problem, I think. Along with Dominic Arduro, he's he struggled a little bit this season, but uh, you know, overall. Uh, this is a side that's been struggling. I believe they're six or seven points off of the of the uh, playoff line. Uh, but you know, with the you know Dallas Dallas hasn't really lost any attacking power through this uh, through this international uh, I, I, the loss of the international players. So uh, with I me, mean, Mario Diaz coming back and. Uh, getting into form and is, uh, has seen an influx of goals uh, coming from Dallas. Uh, I, I'm, I'm expecting to see quite a bit of goals uh, coming from both sides. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, what's your thoughts, Jack? Yeah, uh, Montreal obviously isn't having that great of a season as per usual. Um, Piatti obviously will be who FC Dallas need to really keep their eye on, but with them having such a lackluster season and FC Dallas continuously doing well, I think 
Axie and Diaz coming back, I think that partnership's going to come back and just flourish as it typically did. So I really don't see Montreal being very difficult for FC Dallas this weekend. So probably going to see a win there, but I don't want to speak too soon on that. Yeah, it's always hard to predict or you can't really assume. It just seems like this season has been so many unexpected wins, some unexpected losses, uh, some unexpected ties. So, yeah, definitely don't want to overspeak it. But we'll get into our actual prediction as we get later on uh, in the show. But we've got, you know, Maxi playing amazing, 11 goals, uh, Roland Lamar, 8. And this team's offensive attack has just really been, really been on point. Now, one of the biggest things from this game is Chris Sykes is going to be starting in goal uh, for Jesse Gonzalez, who's going to be on international duty for the U.S. Uh, this is an opportunity for Chris Sykes, uh, who's going to finally get this this nod. Uh, do you guys think he's going to take advantage of this opportunity and maybe show us something that we haven't seen from them this year? Jack? Yeah, I mean, Chris has been a part of this team for well over six years, and he's kind of been in and out of the team, so he's used to this role of being kind of the backup. I think last season he played well over 25 games or something, so he had the starting role then, but this year he's kind of taken a step back. I think he's ready to come back and be the starter. He showed that he can be the starter last season uh, with how he was with the team. Um, I think the concern still is, like, in case he gets injured, does he have a backup? But I think his communication with the back line is going to be what's major. With Hedges gone um, and Zimmerman always iffy, I think him having to talk with his center back pairing in front of him, that's going to be the biggest thing to watch for the game this weekend. Yeah, I agree. And uh, what's your thoughts with, with Sykes going out or with Sykes coming in? Excuse me, Preston. Uh, I've got I've got mixed emotions about it. Um, obviously, we know how uh, how quickly he crashed and burned uh, after the CONCACAF semifinals against Pachuca, and uh, that just followed uh, after that was a, por- a horrible performance against San Jose, which caused Jesse to uh, come back in. Uh, I mean, I gotta echo what Jack said about uh, about Chris Sites having. Uh, sort of adopted this role coming in and out of the side. Uh, personally, I feel like that site's punched above his weight last season. Uh, to have the MLS Defender of the Year, the third place in Defender of the Year, and having a seasoned uh, left back who captains their international team and to still struggle in front of goal uh, the way he does and to have these... Uh, to really have these massive brain farts that are, are like, why, how could you not have saved that? Um, <laughs> I, I, I personally, I just, I just see that as soon as Jesse comes back from international duty, Sykes is going to be back on the bench, no matter, no matter how well he does, because we know he's going to have that brain fart again. Yeah, and that's that's the scary part. Uh, is when will it happen? Will it happen in this game? Will he have an amazing game? Will he end up, you know, giving up three goals? You know, God forbid that doesn't happen. Um, but 
like we mentioned, some other players are out. Hedges, Acosta, we already said Gonzalez, and Figueroa. So that also makes it interesting, but Pereja seems like he's had so many times where these guys were out that he's been able to move around, move around the lineup, move around the starting team. And I think we're going to probably see, you know, Grana. I think we're definitely going to see him, of course. Uh, Zimmerman, Atiba Harris, kind of those main group. Uh, do you guys see anything out of the ordinary of the lineup uh, going into this game versus Montreal? We'll start with you, Preston. I don't see anything out of the ordinary. What I'd personally like to see uh, would be Atiba Harris out of the starting lineup. He's done all right with uh, being that makeshift center back, but I feel like Ryan Hollingshead has a little bit more of a defensive mind that could potentially uh, he could potentially do a, a better job. I I could be wrong, but I think he's also taller than him, which could uh, which could do well in the aerial battles. Uh, I would even, I mean, I'd even go as far as to say maybe put a team at left back, but, uh, but realistically, I don't see any of that happening. I think we'll see Hollingshead on the left, a and Walker Zimmerman uh, centrally, and then Hernan Grana on the right. All right, Jack, what, what do you see going down with this, with these guys out again? Do you think Oscar Perea is going to shake it up a little bit? Um, no, I think he's going to stay safe with this one and do pretty much what Preston said. Um, Grano on the right, Zimmerman. I wouldn't be surprised to see Walker Hume get a nod in the center. But to be fair, he hasn't really blown me away this season. Like, yeah, his height's insane at 6'5 for a soccer player, but he hasn't. he's not really doing as well as I was hoping for. And Atiba, yeah, he's shaky at the moment. So him starting on the left, maybe will make sense but going back what Preston said yeah Hollingshead I think deserves the nod a bit more at the moment I think he's playing with a bit more energy and he's kind of he's got he's found his legs after the whole situation over the break yeah and me and Preston we've been talking about that for a couple of shows Walker Hume and not really impressed it's like he has the body has the build but he hasn't really put it all together so there's a possibility he may get a nod, but I, I doubt it. Uh, so here's the interesting stat. Looking up the standings, and Montreal's record right now is 6-6-6. Six, six, and six. <laughs> <laughs> how, how bad of a record can you have? So they, they of course, that'll change uh, this Saturday. But that's the only team in MLS with, with that cursed type of record. That's crazy. 666. But we'll, we'll see how they perform and how they come into this game. Um, now, one of the things, shout out to Big Sock, uh, excuse me, Big D Soccer. Of course, we got a guest on the show. So appreciate you again for coming on. But a shout out to you guys. You wrote an article that said, Can Maxi run wild and did the break benefit FC Dallas? So what's uh, what's your answer to that, Jack? Yeah, I think Max, he's already off his leash. And I think he's just, I mean, 11 goals a season. That's insane for him. And I think he just has this energy and he's just blowing up all of a sudden. And a lot of guys at Big D are noticing the fact that Mario Diaz is back. And so that link is 
back and stronger than usual. Um, and you just see it on the field. Like at, for, at the beginning of the season, yeah, he was blowing it away. He was fast. He was making those runs. He was being chippy against the defense. But now that he's back with, you know, his good friend, Mario Diaz, Mario can play him and put him in those positions that he typically wasn't put in when Morales was playing Cam, for example. So, Uridi's going to get in and out of the defense a bit more, and I think more shots for him. Uh, Montreal, they have a pretty solid defense, but I can see them getting pretty annoyed by Uridi's energy and just all presence around the field. Yeah, and to me, the interesting thing is to see how Maxi comes back after that game at Sporting KC. It was very emotional. Um, of course, the the player that ended up getting kicked in the head had a concussion. So I don't think it's going to affect him. But I think in your psyche, you of course you got to think about that because you you know a guy pretty much got laid out. So I wonder in his mind if he's going to be thinking about that. Is that something he's going to be concerned about, or is he going to be able to put that behind him? I think that's. That's what that's I think the interesting part for for Maxi. I don't know. You think that's going to affect him at all, Preston? You know, one thing I just thought about. I haven't, I haven't, I didn't even think to research this. Uh, obviously, Maxi got a red card for that. Uh, I I know the way that it works in England is that if you get a red card in the FA Cup, for instance, uh, what uh, basically what the U.S. Open Cup is here, but in England, uh, that red card carries over into Premier League play. Uh, is Maxi even eligible for this game? I didn't even think about that uh, until just now. Uh, because that would make a difference, because if Maxi isn't eligible, then we won't see him until July 29th against Vancouver. That's a good point. Definitely a good point. I'm looking on the website right now. I don't see anything, but oh, we'll see. That, that is definitely something to think about. All right, so some of the matchups here I think that we can look at and uh, look forward to. Of course, uh, Chris Sykes versus Evan Bush. Uh, Evan Bush has allowed the fourth most goals of any keeper this season with 30. Uh, Like we already said, Justin Gonzalez out. Uh, Chris Sykes, I think, will win this advantage. I don't know if uh, you guys agree or disagree with me on that. Yeah, I'll agree with that because Bush is pretty inconsistent for a goalkeeper. So, yeah, I don't have too much to disagree with that. And also, I just did a little bit of research. Maxi did travel with the team, so I guess he is eligible. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'll add to that. Um, MLS's uh, pregame report has no one suspended for the match. Good. That's good to know. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't have been a good look if he if he would have been out this game for sure. Um, so a question I asked before: Will this did the break or will the break benefit FC Dallas or will that end up being something that will affect them in this game? I guess my answer to that would be: I don't think it's going to affect them negatively. I think it'll affect them positively. I think they'll be even more hungry, uh, even more. Uh, ready, you know they're all rested up after that emotional game against Sporting KC. But how do you guys see this working out, uh, benefiting them or not benefiting benefiting them, uh, Preston? 
you know, I think it I think it will benefit them. A lot of the players they had excuse me, a little bit over a week off. I know Morrow went to he went to Mexico for a little vacation. Sites went up to uh, New York or something like that. Uh, a lot of these players got a good break, a little bit of time away from training, and uh, got to got to relax for a little bit. A good, uh, I guess, a good way that you can compare it uh, to to a degree uh, in the Bundesliga. They get a winter break, a couple weeks off, uh, just because the winters are pretty bad in Germany. Uh, it was probably good for these Dallas players to get a little bit of a break from uh, training training in the hottest part of the day uh, and having all these uh, really uh, really hot temperature games. So uh, you know, I, I think I think it will benefit them, and especially going up to Canada, where uh, it's probably a little bit cooler than Texas. Uh, I, I think that's <laughs> sure. Actually. All right, Jack. Um, yeah, I, I think it benefits them a lot for the fact that you know the last game was so devastating. I think this gives them a lot of time to just put that behind them. But at the same time, their last game was devastating, so I don't know if that would weigh on their minds. But you would think they're professionals and they can get past that. And you know, hearing that all of them are going on vacation, I feel like it's probably behind them at that time. So yeah, nice little reboot, get them back into it. So. Yeah, I think the break was more beneficial. All right. So the most exciting news from this week, um, weekend and everything, FC Dallas has three players added on or named to the All-Star game. So we got Kellen Acosta, Matt Hedges, and Hernan Grana. And, you know, we were talking about the the All-Star game and the roster and one of our concerns was, I mean, how many players will we have on this team? Uh, with one of them being added by the commissioner, which I'm going to call you out, Preston. You said you didn't think it was going to happen. So <laughs> <laughs> it did end up happening. Um, but how exciting is this with three players, especially Grana, a newcomer that's new to the club? Uh, to me, that just shows, again, his ability and his ability. Uh, you know, his, how much he's affected uh, the team and how much he's benefited the team. Uh, but what's your thoughts on these three guys coming on, Preston? Uh, well, uh, I know Jack can attest to this, but there's a there's a pretty heated debate about it on our Big D group chats, just uh, more so centered around Grana, whether he was really deserving of it or if it was just a testament to uh, how little depth there is in the fullback position throughout the league. Uh, it's it definitely led to some very interesting debates. Uh, Grana, he's he's definitely produced a lot. I think he's definitely like he's definitely a massive upgrade to Atipa Harris in that position. Uh, but you know, I, I think it was I think it was good for him to get the to get the call up, but. I mean, we talked about it on the show last week on how the how the All Star selection in general is just a total joke, and that it's really just a popularity contest. I mean, uh, the co- I mean the coach uh, for the All Star game is Chicago's coach, and if I'm not mistaken, there's probably five or six Chicago players on the roster between the fan eleven and the coach's pick. Uh, there, I mean, there's there are quite a there are quite a bit of omissions from. Uh, from the roster who probably should have made it onto the all-star team but didn't. Um, 
but Grana, he was, I, I personally feel like he was one of the few that deserved to get onto the All-Star roster. Uh, just because of how much of a, I mean, just because of how much of an upgrade it was to the Dallas defense. Yeah, and Jack, what's your thoughts on the three uh, guys added? Um, yeah, I think it's great for them, and it's great that FC Dallas is getting recognition because not too long ago, like FC Dallas rarely had someone in it. Like uh, Fabian Castillo was by himself a few years ago, so. It's nice to see that the boys again some of the credit they deserve. Um, my thought on the All Star Game though is like it, and this is like a heated debate, but it's called the All Star Game, so I, I feel that you know the stars should be there. Like yeah, yeah, some of these guys didn't have, aren't having the best seasons in the game, but you know the big names should be in there. There, you know, it helps the league row um i mean people are from all over the world might be watching this game um so seeing stars out there like tim howard michael bradley kaka who kaka hasn't even had that great of a season but having them on the field really helps with the publicity i know that affects the game because you want to see the players that deserve it get out there but so many players have like come off and said like you know this game doesn't really matter this game gets people injured um, if you can remember that game uh, against Bayern Munich with Caleb Porter coaching, that was a huge fiasco. So I, I just the All Star Game, I think, still needs to be just taken as it's a friendly. You get to see some players that you never seen play together before. You get to see Real Madrid play. But overall, I think it's great for the FC Dallas boys to get in. I'm not a huge fan of Grana getting in. I think he's had a great season, but I think there still could have been more players above him, like Icapara probably deserve to get the nod over him but all in all pretty decent lineup i'd say agreed and i'm just to touch in uh i personally felt like that they shouldn't have like the i can't remember i can't i don't know how to pronounce pronounce the chicago coach's name but um i don't think he should have added any fullbacks in general just because the three defenders in the fan 11 were all fullbacks uh i felt like that that position was covered enough and guys like Opara um, should like he definitely should have made it into into the all-star roster because he's had a breakthrough season Grant, I don't know if he would have been eligible now because of that concussion but uh, I, th- I think that there were some central defenders just throughout the league that uh, probably should have gotten more recognition yeah and I think that's why Kapelhoff and Park Parkers were probably picked as you're saying like yeah the fan 11 just had fullbacks so I think Chicago's coach went in and was like all right I coach Kapelhoff he deserves to be in there Parkers I'm still you know he's another one of those I don't know about picks but I think what you were saying though is like a good enough reason to understand why Kapelhoff's in there yeah and we were talking about this on last show and it is to me it's a way to get people to watch who don't normally watch MLS or who are a casual fan, when you're seeing all these guys on the field at one time playing one of the top teams in the world, then that's going to attract people to it. And I think that's probably what their main, honestly, what their main focus has to be. I don't even know if they want it to be competitive. I think they just want everybody to watch because that gets more people to watch MLS, more people to start following, more people to start following new teams that are going to be coming aboard. So it's really just a marketing ploy. Um, but 
any anyways it's it's good to see FC Dallas represented because the worst thing would have been to not have anybody at all picked and then that would have been <laughs> that would have been a bummer for sure I feel like that there would have been an uproar because uh, I mean Callen and Matt Hedges especially have had phenomenal seasons and if they didn't get the recognition of being in the all-star game then there probably would have been a lot of controversy whether they didn't make it into the fan 11 or uh, the coaches pick and I'm sure that uh, Don Garber and uh, Chicago's coach would have like probably were in discussions on who Garber wanted to make his two picks and I mean I gotta give you gotta give some credit that Garber is finally steering away from the the big name like I, it was a year or two ago that Steven Gerrard was one of the commissioner picks and as much as I love Steven Gerrard as a Liverpool player he was pretty much crap as an LA Galaxy player and <laughs> absolutely no reason to be uh, in that all-star roster other than the fact that his name is Steven Gerrard and is one of the most was one of the greatest English players to play yeah I think that's that that's pretty much sums it up right there and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be more people watching than normal um, and I think their goal will be achieved which is meaning more viewers so we'll see how it all runs down. So there was another interesting thing that happened yesterday, uh, and we were talking about this before the show, me and Preston were, but the affiliate of FC Dallas, the OKC Energy, has officially hit the crapper. (laughs) They received a keeper uh, from the New York Cosmos named Jimmy Maurer, Maurer, uh, for one game for this Montreal match. So... You know, Jack, you were mentioning earlier who the, who the backup is going to be. And it seems like this guy is either going to be the backup or the third string, depending on how they're going to rotate these guys. But uh, that was announced. And it's it's interesting to see this happen because they they didn't they didn't pull it from pull the player from the OKC energy. They pulled it from New York. So that's that's interesting how that went down and what does that mean for this relationship for this affiliation with the, the OKC energy and I'll start with you Preston uh, you know uh, I will say this Jack is definitely more the expert with OKC he's covered them a lot closer and he writes for Empire Soccer which covers New York Cosmos so I'm going to give a little bit more of an outsider perspective uh, just uh, with my knowledge of Dallas and uh, it's failed affiliate with Arizona. And, uh, you know, you got to look at who Dallas has loaned out to Oklahoma City. They've loaned out Colin Bonner and Timo Pitter, who have both retired after their first season as a professional. And then Coy Kraft, who, to be fair, he's been doing a lot of uh, U.S. Youth National Team stuff, but uh, he still can't seem to break into uh, even the game day roster for... Uh, whenever he is in town, uh, comes in, uh, comes in, plays for FC Dallas uh, during the early rounds of the U.S. Open Cup, and then goes back to Ho- Oklahoma. Uh, it, this this uh, loan affiliate just makes absolutely no sense to me, and uh, I don't, I, I can't see how 
really either party has benefited because Oklahoma City has just been uh, they've been they've been struggling this season, and uh, whether it's due to just this weird constant transfer of players uh, up and down I thirty five or who who really knows uh, why Oklahoma City is struggling? Actually, I'm pretty sure Jack would probably have a better idea of of why they're struggling because I've not watched a single game of the energy. So, uh, Jack, I'm actually going to pass this over to you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the, the whole loan situation is a weird one. And, like, seeing... Because you don't see a lot of... You see a lot of MLS and USL loans, but you don't see a lot of MLS to NASL or vice versa. So, yeah, this one really stands out as odd. Um, Jimmy Marr definitely going to come in, just be a backup, but it's a really good situation for him to go and try out and see what it's like to be at an MLS side. I'm really, it, it kind of confused me that they chose Jimmy over um, other, because he's their main starter at the Cosmos. And then also there's Kyle Zobeck as their backup. And I don't know if any FC Dallas fans remember Kyle Zobeck, but he played for the club in 2013 for FC Dallas. Didn't get on the field, but you you think, you know, send a reserve player for a reserve player. But that actually comes into that the reason why this whole loan situation is happening from what I'm understanding from um, other people in the media, uh, it's that the Cosmos have an upcoming uh, friendly with Spanish side Valencia. And Cosmos don't really want to start their starters in this game, so they want to play a reserve side. So Marr is a starting keeper, so they don't really want to play him and injure him in this game. So what the Cosmos have to do is put out a reserve side, but they can't fully put out a team that they don't want to get injured. So by loaning out him to uh, Marr to FC Dallas, it opens up a spot for a player to come in and then be played in this friendly so that Cosmos don't have to put any of their main stars up because it's still the middle of the season in the NASL. So... In this case, an FC Dallas player will probably or most likely come in and join the Cosmos and play in this little friendly. And then that would be a huge experience because they're playing against the La Liga side. So, yeah, the whole situation with the loaning is a very odd one. And it doesn't make a lot of sense when they have this affiliation with the OKC Energy because in the past they've loaned up uh, Lissick, who is a, I would say he's the third string goalkeeper at Oklahoma side behind... Cochran and Lorendi, and but the whole situation that's happening at Oklahoma is kind of frightening because, as Preston was saying, two out of the three players that have ever been loaned to Oklahoma retired afterwards. Uh, Tim O'Pitter and Colin Bonner, they had pretty decent seasons in Oklahoma City, and then they ended up retiring, and then there hasn't been much back and forth since. It's only been Coy Kraft who's been coming in and out because he's either playing with FC Dallas, not really, but or playing with the uh, United States. So where, where does it leave the loan? Because also a few weeks back, Corey Hayes went to Tulsa, the OKC's arch rival. So it's not looking good for Oklahoma. From what it sounds like, Oklahoma's really aspiring to become an MLS squad. As crazy as it sounds, they're trying for the bid still with all the other teams in line. <laughs> which... I mean, go for it, because cause it seems like the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing pretty decent for the market they're in. So, personally, I would like to see that, but 
Yeah, uh, an MLS bid in OKC is a bit strange, but what that means is they're not trying to take in players on loan. They're not really wanting to nurse players. They're wanting to build an MLS squad, kind of what's happening in Arizona right now, how they have a bunch of MLS veterans, some Premier Premier League veterans, making a squad so that they can look like an MLS team that will eventually get to rise up. So that's what Oklahoma's trying to do. They're trying to build their own MLS veteran team without the help of Dallas. So in my personal opinion, I think the loan, the whole affiliation will die soon. And OKC doesn't have a great record of keeping their affiliations alive too, because they originally started off with supporting KC. The supporting KC dropped them to pick up Super Park. And I think FC Dallas might be doing the same thing. They're going to make their own tiny reserve USL side. So with all these ambitions coming into play, I think everyone's kind of realizing that they just need to be. Yeah, I'd agree that it, it seems like everything's pointing towards Dallas is getting their own USL side. Uh, Jack, we were talking about it a little bit before the show. Um, obviously, I think the first big indicator was Carlos Aviles, uh, the academy goalkeepers signing to a USL contract. Doesn't mean that he's going to Oklahoma City. It just means that he's a USL player under contract with FC Dallas. So, uh, I, I honestly, I honestly think that we could see a lot of the U18s and a lot of the supplemental reserve roster of what we see with FC Dallas being a part of the U, the USL team FC Dallas. Uh, if and that's a big if, if that actually happens, because obviously nothing is confirmed. That's just pure speculation. Uh, but let's let's shift back to this loan, uh, Jimmy Marr. Uh, we're uh, you mentioned that uh, that the Cosmos will get a player in return for uh, for their upcoming friendly. Uh, we were talking a little bit before. Uh, we don't see we don't see Dallas loaning out one of their one of their starters that's going to be playing against Montreal the day before. Uh, we're thinking that it might be someone like a. Paxton Pomacall or Jesus Pereira. Uh, uh, Jack, can you think of anybody else that might be a potential loan to the Cosmos for one for a friendly? Um, I mean, I think Paxton would be who personally I would like to see there. I think he would get a lot of, you know, it's a great opportunity for him to go play against a team like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Cannon go out there and get a test run. Or even Koi Craft going out, but like I said, I think Paxton would be my guess to go over. Yeah, uh, I guess we we could even see if he even makes the game day roster. But Walker Hume might even be a an interesting shout because uh, I mean he's struggling to get game time in MLS play. Uh, getting a loan to NASL or USL might not be a bad idea for him in the long run. Uh, you know, more so to preserve his career. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see uh, Walker Hume uh, uh, getting some minutes against uh, Valencia. Now that's a good shout because um, and uh, Cosmos are pretty used to taking you know larger center backs that haven't really made it in the MLS. Like uh, recently, they took Oxford from Seattle. Then Oxford kind of blossomed while he's in the Cosmos. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Hume made that move. Yeah, and if I had to pick somebody, I would probably say him. I think he, probably of everyone, probably needs the run and the experience. And if he's continuing to 
to sit or not continuing to make the the bench, then you know he needs to get some runs somewhere. So yeah, I, I would vote Walker Hume to definitely get that that spot, and that'll be interesting to see who they end up uh, picking and choosing. So, right. oh, go ahead. I was, gonna, I was gonna say I don't because Coy Crafts loan is such an interesting thing uh, with him going back and forth so much. Is Ja'Cory Hayes still with Tulsa? Is he still playing uh, consistent games there, or is that more... I, I, I'm pretty sure that was the loan to the end of the season. Yeah. I don't know if he'd be... I don't know if he'd actually be eligible for a loan uh, to the Cosmos, but that'd be uh, an interesting shout as well. Yeah, I don't... He He's playing regular minutes with Tulsa, so I would think... Like, it could happen. Because I, I, this is MLS, like this is American soccer, like it's crazy. This loan system is completely whack, and it never makes sense. So <laughs> I don't want to deny it, but yeah, I think he's getting regular time with Tulsa right now. I don't see Tulsa wanting to get rid of him. All right, and that there, I'm glad you brought that name up because I, I had that in the back of my head, but I was thinking I know he's not with the FC Dallas squad technically, so. I don't think he was going to be someone that would could go. So, very interesting news from today that came out. I seen it. I was saying we got to talk about this on the show. So, MLS to incorporate video reviews in all games beginning August the fifth. This has been it's been a lot of review, a lot of questions uh you know in in every sport really it seems like every sport has it at this point some type of review system and now you've got mls who's going to be starting it on august the 5th to me this would be the sport uh that i don't think needs it i know there's there's probably calls that yes you can say is not right or you can say it needs to be reviewed but to me I don't think it's needed. I think it, it will slow down the pace. Even when they have these these water breaks, it's it it's weird. It slows down the pace. You know, you have to come back out there. You got to get back up and running. And I, Preston, I know you were burning burning deep down inside to talk about this. Uh, so, what's your take on this? You know, it's uh, it's very interesting because for the longest time, I've been a little bit more traditionalist. Uh, Jack and I, we talked about it when we were covering CONCACAF Gold Cup uh, because whenever we were up in the press box last week at uh, Toyota Stadium, they've already installed a room for uh, video assistant referees. Uh, we thought that it was that it might have that it might have potentially been for this tournament only, but uh, they're not using VAR uh, for the Gold Cup. So the only thing that made sense was that uh, that they were going to be. Uh, instituting it in MLS uh, fairly soon. I didn't think it would be coming this quickly. Uh, but uh, for the longest time, I've been anti-video replay and even anti-goal-line technology. Uh, my stance has lightened up on it quite a bit. Uh, the Confederations Cup was... Uh, it brought a, a lot of light to the situation uh, because at the end of the day, it, it's still based off of uh, the human eye. Uh, it's still based off of their in the whoever's controlling the VAR, uh, their interpretation of the rules. So there's 
no matter what, there's still going to be a lot of controversy. Uh, Grant, I think that it'll get tidied up over the years, the longer that it's implemented. Uh, I'm still not completely sold on video replay. Uh, I do like how in the Confederations Cup, uh, it only took them about 30 seconds to make the decision. Um, and you maybe will see one once a game because you're talking about uh, maybe if someone scores a goal and they were potentially offside or maybe a controversial foul to see if they were diving or not. Uh, you're not going to see VAR used four or five times a game. Um, but uh, it's only going to add maybe a minute or so of added time. So I don't think it will be, I don't think it'll slow the game down too much, but I, I still feel like that there are quite a bit of bugs that need to be worked out. But I, I also feel like that's just part of a part of the system, a part of the process that uh, in order for it to be truly effective, it's got to be, it's got to be used and it's got to, you got to figure out what's wrong with it and how to make it right. I hope that's what MLS will do. Uh, MLS is known for doing some crazy things. So uh, I just hope that they would actually stick to it and actually make it the best it could possibly be. All right, and Jack, what's what's your take on this uh, news that was released today? Um, I'm a big fan of just letting the players play. I, I don't like the stopping and everything that happens, but there are certain situations where, like, yeah, you want that second review. Because, I mean, last night with the United States playing, like, I wish someone saw Josie Altidore get bit and get fondled. So, in some situations, I really hope it's there, but then others I don't. Because in the Confederation Cup, yeah, there were some instances where it did all right, but there were some instances where they still had the replay and they completely messed it up as well. So, I think MLS is the league to do it because they're a very progressive league i even fight that they're one of the most progressive leagues in all of sports so if there is someone to do it it is the mls so i do hope they just get it right and as preston was saying yeah this should only take up a minute or two and with water breaks there are a lot more stops but if it's gonna make the game better and it's gonna make it more fluid i'm all for it yeah and the we have to know and everybody has to know that there's going to be some kinks going into this it's not going to be perfect it is probably going to take longer it is they are going to mess up some calls and it is going to be more difficult because they're just implementing it so i think a lot of people have to consider that factor that in but it's just one of those things that every sport is doing everybody wants to get it right as much as possible especially when you have the game on the line you don't want to get a a missed call or if you got some being fondled uh, like you said jack (laughs) you don't want to let that happen so that's that's the the second part of that is that you have to know it's not going to be black and white and it's not going to be very very simple and easy and no mistakes going into it All right, so, oh, you had, you had something no, to add? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as we conclude the show, and once again, you're tuning in to FCD Talk. I'm Ben, we got Preston, and we also have Jack with Big D Soccer. I'm, I'm a huge supporter of them, 
And once again, we're on All In Sports Talk. You can download the app, Google Play, iTunes. Also, find it on SoundCloud. And I want to give a congratulations to Preston, who's going to be interviewing former, former goalkeeper Brad Friedel. He was the goalkeeper for the three World Cups for the U.S. And I just wanted to give you, uh, Preston, an opportunity to talk about that a little bit and what you'll be doing tomorrow on Friday. Yeah, uh, actually, it was Jack that uh, gave me the reference. He uh, sent me the contact info. Um, so Brad Friedel, he's uh, goalkeeper for the U.S. He uh, was goalkeeper for 10, 12 years, uh, was the starter during the 98 and 02 World Cup. Uh, he's one of the ambassadors for the CONCACAF Gold Cup uh, with the Allstate, Allstate Protect the Cup campaign. Uh, so uh, we'll be chatting for about 15, 20 minutes tomorrow. Uh, be looking out for a podcast and be looking out for uh, the story on it on Big D Soccer. All right. Well, congratulations on the opportunity. Thank you, Big D Soccer. Thank you, Jack, for coming on. And I uh, hope everybody has a good weekend. Uh, be on the lookout for this game. Should be interesting. Should be fun. We should get the win. Uh, we forgot to do the prediction. So real quick, I'm going to do my prediction. Uh, I'm going to say 2 nothing. Uh, Jack, what's your prediction? I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Okay. Uh, I'll split it. Let's say 2-1. I don't see sides getting a clean sheet. Okay. Um, so... Uh, but yeah, Jack, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can we find you on social media? Where can we find your work? Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at JT Hazard with two Z's. And then I work at Big Geek Soccer, Empire of Soccer, and Howler Magazine. So make sure you guys check me out there. All right, busy guy. Well, appreciate <laughs> you taking time out of your day, yeah. out of your night to come on. And yeah. you, you guys have a good one. I'm Ben. This is Preston. Y'all have a good one. Take care.